Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 255, Expanding Awareness. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. It's good to be with you. Thank you for being in my life. And we're going to look at a number of subjects that I hope come together beautifully, but it felt as if it was important to draw these threads together. So the first thread I'm going to draw together with you is what's going on in the sky. Now, I know we had a new moon in Leo, but it's slightly overshadowed by some much larger events that are taking place. Nearly all the, the planets are retrograde, the big ones especially. And so this is really meaning, once again, the retrograde understanding is that the energy that they contain is becoming intensified and also forcing us to look inside rather than try and progress and move forward. So it's really digging, digging up the dirt, if I may say. So the big one that really is impacting us all, wherever you are in the world, is Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. Now, you know, I've spoken a lot about Pluto and Capricorn, Capricorn being structure, power structures, institutions, different ways in which we have been managed, controlled, ruled up to now. So despite many people saying Pluto is masculine, it's actually a feminine energy of transformation. So what she's doing is literally digging up the dirt or going into the deeper places, pushing everything that needs transformation into the light for us to be able to transform it. Now, on personal levels, this can be beliefs that we have, rules we have, dogmas we have, responsibilities we have, duties we have. And it's really important for us all to take the opportunity to say, where am I doing something because I should do it, or it's my duty, or I feel an obligation to do this, and where don't I want to do it anymore? Just because I can do it well, it doesn't mean I should keep doing it. And so this will carry on until October. And I think that's really important to us, that this energy is going to go on until the 9th of October. Between now and the 9th of October, we are going to see more digging up, more revelations. And it isn't about, oh, well, someone take responsibility so we can just carry on the way we've been doing. This is what is going to change because of these revelations. Unlike 2008, where we just kind of paid off a few people who had gone through bad times in terms of the banks, etc., and they all carried on the same we have to say the whole structure of how we are existing has to change, whether that's with the political parties, the medical profession, with uh, lawyers, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen it, school boards, et cetera. And what's exciting is that even though Pluto is still in Capricorn, it did have that little foray into Aquarius and will now go into Aquarius again in January of next year. And this is really saying, we want to move from a structure, a corporate, a even a polarization structure, to a more Aquarian way of doing things. 
And what I'm seeing, which I'm so excited about, is so many people saying, I don't care your religion, I don't care your gender, I don't care your political standing. If we have the same interest in what's best for the community, let's do it together. And I think this is freaking out those who want polarization. Well, whose side are you on? Why are you for these against? And what I'm seeing more and more people really from every walk of life saying, I don't actually care about that. That isn't what's important. What's important is how my children are being educated, how my, my loved ones are being treated in hospitals, how we're being looked at from a political standpoint. What we really don't care is what you may think we want to say, do I have enough money? Do I have good health care? Do I have good schooling? Do I have good social care? These are all Aquarian needs. And that's what it's going to come down to. Do I have good food? Do I have clean food? So you know, whatever someone else may be saying about, well, you better prepare for the big one that might come. At the moment, most of us are just saying, this is what I need now. And I think that energy that Pluto is transforming isn't just to break something down, but to create something new. And I hope you're seeing that. And so the more of us who can say, let's come together in whatever I'm good at or what I might believe in, in, in other words, oh, I'm good at teaching, I'm good at healing, I'm good at whatever, come together with people who believe in the same principles of what it means to be a human, what, it, what humanity is needing at this time. So that Pluto shift is very important. Now, it's very important for those in the US because Pluto will go back to 27 degrees, which is where Pluto was at the time that the Constitution was written, and certainly at the birth of, of the Americans, or United States of America. So we said this before, that the Constitution is going to be important, where it's interesting that Pluto is just going to come back and tap into that energy again, which is why there's so much discussion about the constitution. And again, it's not about, oh, yes, we need to follow the old constitution, but we're saying, what are the new rules of this community? This republic, if you want to say, but it's across the world. How do we wish to live? What are the rules of being part of the community? It's not someone telling me what to do. It's what are you going to bring? Are you going to bring the very best of who you are, Aquarian? Are you going to bring respect for everybody, Aquarian? What are you bringing that is going to be transferable and exchangeable? And that's going to be a key of what we're going to start to see more of next year. So we are going to see between now and October, the top down trying to con put controls in. You can't do this. You've got to do what we say. And the beautiful thing is that because of the pressure, more and more people are speaking out and acting out of their usual maybe place where they say it doesn't really bother me. People are saying it does bother me. So this is exciting. And it's happening across the world. Now, we, we all have Mercury going retrograde. We have Venus going retrograde. So again, all of this energy is digging up and saying, what's the truth? What's the truth? What needs to be seen? And being helped by that is Saturn going retrograde at the moment in Pisces. So remember, Saturn in Pisces means that it's really one side of it could be Saturn is organizing the Piscean world. So we could see people very much getting into cults and gurus, etc. But Saturn in Pisces is also saying, what's the truth? So Pisces is about, yay, let's 
let's do anything. Hey, this is the truth. So Saturn in Pisces is helping us all at this moment as it goes retrograde to say, actually, does this resonate with me? Doesn't matter if it's your dream or it's something you really believe in, but at, you have a good time, very much Aquarian, you know, being very discerning, have a great time, but it's not where I wish to be. So I think this is a fabulous time for really digging deep, really being clear. And this is the next step I want to take in this journey is I was listening to a DVD I had from Carolyn Corrie. Again, I'll put her link on the YouTube or again on my own page, but it's C-O-R-Y. And she is someone who at the age of five had the experience of meeting light beings and she saw them, et cetera, which some of you may have well have had the same experiences. But what she focused on was that they said, you need to know our frequency, our calling card, our signature. And I love that. And she said, you know, they didn't go away until I could say, yes, I feel that frequency. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my mind. You know, wherever she felt it, they said, good. Now you know that when we turn up, we're on your level. You're, we're your lineage, uh, your ancestors. Now, that's a wonderful thing to do. And I think that I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But from then on, she, as a scientist, and as she's also a filmmaker, she went into what does that feel like? And she describes, you know, hours of meditation of what is the frequency if I take my awareness to Mars? What is the frequency if I take my awareness to the moon? So she tapped into these different places and she tapped in saying, I want to know the frequencies of all the beings that I might tap into and to know their calling card. So she describes that when she may be doing a session with someone, they might say, oh, I'm a Palladian. She said, no, 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 you're not because you can't feel the frequency. And I like that. Some way it goes along with the way I work is when someone tells me something, I can feel whether it resonates with their soul or if it's just a story they're telling. And she goes on to say that there are many groups coming into our planet at this time, and I think we'd all agree that, and many groups already living here. So anybody who says, are the aliens coming? Well, they're already here. And not only with the military, where you may have heard the military had captured so many or working with so many, but many of us remember our alien roots, our ET roots. Now, it doesn't matter that we've come into a human form, but as Caroline describes, there are certain individuals, certain ET groups that need a physical form and a physical earth in order to evolve. And that's what I have to say I've always heard is that when someone says, oh, I wish I could leave my body and leave this planet, I say, you will never get another chance to have this experience of being in an alchemical vessel, which is what our body is, on an alchemical planet, which is what our planet is because of its fire in the center. Don't miss this opportunity. When you don't have a physical form, you cannot evolve as a soul as well as you can when while you're in your physical form. Now, not all souls need a physical form, and I call it a physical form, but a flesh suit, as some may call it. We don't all need, not every group needs official form in order to evolve. But the reason that we are very close to the Palladians, the Arcturians, the Syrians, 
as Caroline talks about, is because they too have a need to be in a humanoid-like body. So we may say, oh, I see, I saw some ETs, and they had big eyes, small eyes, long bodies, but they're all in a humanoid-like shape. They may have different needs in terms of gases or food, etc. But that ability to evolve through what we call our physical body or our energetic body is very important to them as well. And I have seen that when our loved ones or some of our loved ones pass over, they realize that their ability to evolve is dependent on us evolving their energy as well. And that's why it said, when we heal ourselves, we heal the last seven generations and the next seven generations to come. And the visual I always have is like, a I don't know why, a washing line. <laughs> I'm in the days of old washing lines where all my relatives are kind of being held on this washing line until I pull the line and free them by doing the healing within myself. Make sense? So when we are going through a healing, we're doing it within, I'll call it this energetic body that I have, this alchemical vessel that I have, and that then heals anybody who's been connected to me in that same way, has that same frequency as I do. So being in our physical body is the way we evolve. Being in, on this earth is the way we evolve. Again, I could say being within an energetic earth or an energetic body is the way we evolve. But as Caroline talks about, there are many groups who don't need to evolve through a physical form or an energetic form in the way we do. And she says, this is the reason that we may just see a very small part of them entering our dimensions and then leaving again. And therefore, she, she describes one group of just very long light beings. Again, the word being makes a sense that we might be seeing a humanoid form. No, they're just light, we'll call it that. But she said, when we see an orb, and I'm sure many of you have picked up pictures of orbs, on your cameras, we're often just seeing the tip, little, the tip of this light rod, and then it disappears. So this is our challenge, is that we, we first of all can't see, as I mentioned before, we can't always see anything that isn't in our three-dimensional world. We can pick it up with our sensories, our six senses and beyond. But sometimes when something enters into our physical form, we then see it as a physical being. Oh, there's an orb, there's a light, but it really doesn't exist in that form. It was just tapping its finger in. This takes me to the wonderful stories by Mishu Kaku, a great scientist, I'm very fond of his teachings. And years ago, he was teaching about the different dimensions and he told the story of how as a child who was brought up in San Francisco, he used to go to the Japanese gardens that I know very well. And he used to watch the carp, the big goldfish, swimming in the stream there. And he said, you know, they're swimming in that sea or that stream thinking that's life, isn't it? They, they don't know anything above and they don't know anything below. They are in that stream. We could call it what they call the flatland or flat earth. It's just they have that dimension that they believe is all existence. And he said, as a child, he wanted to go and pick one of them up and lift it out of the water 
and show it the world above. And he said, I wonder what that fish would say if it, then we put it back in the water and it says, you'll never guess what I've been, <laughs> where I've been and what I've seen. And he said, that's what it's like. So he said that, you know, if I put my finger in that water, they see this dot, this, and especially how deep he goes, he said, oh my goodness, the gods are coming from above. Look, they are a dot there. And he said, if I put two fingers in, they go, oh my God, two dots. <laughs> so he gave this wonderful description of how we see something from our perspective. That makes sense? I hope it does. It's fun to think of. So when we see what people describe as a spaceship saying, oh my goodness, I saw this, it came into this, I saw it, it was in the sky, and then it disappeared, and then it appeared over here. Well, all it's doing is dipping in and out like his fingers in that stream. So where we are really changing our focus now is to get outside this limitation that we've had, which is very linear and is very even circular. You know, there's just life is made up of circles and lines. So yes, we could say, well, everything moves, so it has to be a spiral. And we're now seeing things like a vortex, so that's kind of a spiraling energy. And I don't want to get lost there, but I'm wanting to say is, everything is much different than we imagined. And what's coming to us is not to be able to isolate it and say, now I understand it. I want you to be in that place of wonder. I want you to say, I haven't a clue what's going on, but it's really amazing. Because this is the world we're living in. And returning to Caroline Coley, she says, you know, we, people tell us we only use 10% of our brain, but she said we're using 90% of our brain for this multidimensional living. It's very comfortable with that. So she was saying, you know, we measure the wavelengths and we think, oh, now I know exactly what's going on. But if we measure what they call scalar energy, which is now I've learned is a, um, a vortex of energy, a longitudinal wave of energy, but in a vortex way, she says, it's not linear. It's not nicely patterned. You go from, you know, theta to albeta, et cetera. She said, no, it, it, that's not true. Scalar energy is almost chaotic if you look at it, but it's spiraling, it's vortices. And so it's, it's meeting in with something that I've now become more aware of with that we need to stop seeing even our chakra system as linear. Because not only, as I always say, can we stop counting it, which I really get annoyed with, because that is defeating the object. But the fact is, why do we keep just talking about this line up and down our spine of the, the, you know, the chakras? And yes, we have mini chakras, but no, these are the major ones in a linear pattern. It's crazy. So just before I come back to that, let me go to what I've been working on is the grid. So here, as I mentioned before, scientists back in the 70s discovered that originally, or they perceived that originally the Earth was a dodecahedron-shaped crystal, and that as that crystal came to the surface, the surfaces got worn away, but the actual shape is still there. They then added the icosahedron, to which I mentioned then, that they discovered there were 60 nodes and two extra nodes, which were the North and South Pole. Okay, and sacred sites are found on these no noodle points. 
But when you look at a crystal <laughs> under a magnifying glass, you see it's not just a surface, even though we say, oh, look, look at the, the structure on the surface of the crystal. This vortex of energy or this energy exists throughout the crystal. It's just that we become aware of it on the surface. So now we're saying, okay, so the energy of this earth, which we call magnetic energy, is actually uh, inspiring or generating or motivating these nodal points. Do you understand? It's, those nodal points exist within the earth as well. In other words, the, the intersecting lines happen within the earth as well. It's not just on the surface. So just understanding a grid, um, some of you may have been studying the Metatron's cube. All the lines go into the center. So we've got to understand that it's not just on the surface that this grid is occurring. It's throughout the Earth. And if it's happening throughout the Earth, then there must be intersections between these lines within the Earth. Make sense? And there must be lines that join two intersecting points. Again, that's important. But then it says to us, well, Okay, if it's on the surface and in the earth, well, is it not above the earth? Of course it is. The magnetic field of the earth doesn't stop at the surface. It comes out of the liquid core of the earth and then spreads out and it goes right out into what we call the magnetosphere. And then it meets the, 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 the uh, magnetic influences of the sun, etc. So our whole planet is surrounded by this magnetic, electromagnetic if you want, but this magnetic field which is throughout the earth and above the earth. And so if we go back to the idea that there are maybe intersecting points, as I say, not only on the earth, but above and below. So you could say you went to the Giza Plateau, there's a nodal point on the surface, but it's also found beneath and it's found above. And that's why they built the pyramid. Above and below, really, as above, so below, and as below, so above. So, so many of these places we're now discovering don't just have something on the surface, but they have almost as equal amount underneath the surface. Makes me think of the Moya on Easter Island. If you've ever seen these wonderful big figures, but they're now finding that the length of them, in, the depth of them going into the, the earth is almost as great. So here we have these amazing places, and you could say the same with a tree as above, so below, because they're almost often as deep as they are above. But it also says something about us, and this is why I'm coming back to our chakra system. What if we now understand that we are living in, I'll say a sphere just for the sake of it, but that our sphere extends far above the top of our head and far below the earth? or into the earth. And so if we say that the, the magnetic field of the earth come, is her heart and that the energy radiates from her heart, then we need to say the same thing and say, okay, what if the heart of my being is my heart and that the radiant energy comes out from my heart above my head, below my feet? And that the chakras are not lined up front and back. They exist as radiant fields that go in all directions. 
and that I can feel your solar plexus chakra way out, you know, out in, away from you. I can feel energy way out into your field. And to get rid of the myth, if I may say, that you can open and close your chakras and or open and close your aura. You can't. Your aura is the multidimensional fields that are out there. You don't exist in this isolated bubble. And so knowing that our field is just connecting and connecting and connecting through probably nodal points to deeper and deeper into the universe, that's who we are. But it also tells me that we need to change the whole teaching away from this linear pattern, base chakra, even root chakra, base chakra, to, okay, I can feel your sacral chakra out here. I can feel your solar plexus here. How's it interfering or affecting me out here? Now, I'm working on these principles, and I've been looking, of course, at some of the ancient teachings that talk about the lotuses at each of the chakras. Maybe they had something that they understood. But I feel we are needing to revise how we see the chakras, and starting with the idea of starting in the heart and spiraling out of the heart, which is what I've always talked about. In other words, I link the heart chakra through the solar plexus, and then the throat chakra to the sacral chakra, and then the crown chakra to the base chakra, and then the third eye in the center. But all I'm saying is I think we should stop linear thinking. And one of the things that I do in my work is to ask someone to feel the energy field, and it's often I'm using the astral body of the individual about four inches outside the body. But then I'll say, okay, now I want you to move your awareness out further into their mental body, into their soul body, and find what is the energy that's connecting to the problem that you've picked up in the astral body or even in the physical body. In other words, if someone has an issue and I'll say an imbalance in a chakra or in a part of their body, we can find out is this being experienced on the emotional level only, on the mental level, or the soul level, etc., by working with the whole body. And the only way we can do it is stop seeing individuals as you know, individuals who are separate from everything else. So this is why soul healing is so important. We're not bothered, if I may say, by the physical outbreak. We're saying, what does the soul need? What does the soul need to evolve to the next level, which is what it's all about? And again, I shouldn't use the word level. What is it for the soul to experience itself in its wholeness? So I hope I've given you a few different ideas to work with. This is a very intense time for our world, for ourselves. See the bigger picture. Things are unfolding in ways that we could never have imagined. Don't see things in a small way. Say, if something needs to happen, however dramatic it is, let's see it evolving beyond the immediate. And that's often what happens. Let's see ourselves as meeting different beings throughout the universe who may just tap in and out of our dimensions because that's all we can experience. But say, okay, I'm here. And thirdly, let's look at ourselves outside a linear pattern and into a whole pattern. Let us understand that, going back to what Caroline was talking about, each of us has unique frequencies in us. It is for us now to meet and marry those unique frequencies because they are the ones that are helping us to expand our consciousness 
far beyond what we thought it was ever going to be. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.